uh, Dialogue from an American Mosaic, a podcast series uh, with stories, events, and notes from uh, trips around the country, uh, talking to Americans, uh, all walks of life, about things that matter to them, our country, and help us understand who we are today. In this episode, I'm in uh, Quartzsite, Arizona. And I wanted to go down to uh, this place in Arizona where there's an annual uh, meetup of uh, people who live in vehicles, uh, cars, uh, old school buses, uh, vans, and buses of all kinds. And uh, a lot of these people are people that uh, are, are sort of like our new nomads now. Uh, some of them, uh, they have no choice. They, they have to live uh, in their vehicle. The alternative would be uh, uh, to be homeless. So some of these people are houseless, but they have a place to live. And it's uh, interesting, I read a good book on the subject uh, a couple of years ago. And I realized that as I've traveled around different places, and if you go in a lot of cities, you'll see an awful lot of vans uh, parked on the street. And uh, these are people that are uh, living uh, in these vans. And I realized that there's a growing number of these people. It's uh, surprising how many people are, are turning to this. There's always been the, uh, the traditional uh, retirement people who have uh, the very, very large, uh, very, very deluxe uh, motorhomes uh, that travel around and, and live in those. And um, it, uh, now there's kind of this, this new... Uh, uh, kind of person who's, who's living in the van. And then there's a whole other group. Uh, it's uh, Vans have become camper vans, and particularly uh, what is known as um, a Class B van has become very, very popular uh, with a lot of young people. And it's sort of hip and kind of cool. And uh, there's some really pretty amazing vans, and that's a different kind of a van life. And if you were to hashtag van life, uh, and look on YouTube or any other th things, and you'll see a lot of these people, and there's young people, and um, they look kind of cool and kind of hip. But there's a whole other crowd, and that's the crowd that uh, really uh, is, is using uh, these uh, for a home on a permanent year-round basis. So uh, what follows is a conversation um, that I had with uh, Shirley. And uh, Shirley is uh, one of the many, uh, Shirley and her husband uh, do not necessarily need to live in a van and they're kind of experimenting with it at this point. Uh, anyway, it's a great conversation and uh, some insights uh, as to uh, what uh, this uh, van life is all about. I want to take a moment and uh, ask you if you would uh, please subscribe to this podcast series and tell your friends, and um, thank you very much for listening. My name's Shirley Barter. I'm living in Albuquerque, New Mexico right now. I just want a little background. Okay. I started out um, as a hairdresser, and um, I ended up opening up three-day spas in Colorado, New Mexico, and Houston. And then my mother got Alzheimer's, so I had to start selling one after the other to take care of her. She got bad, and then my husband got cancer, and then he brought me to Albuquerque, and he passed away, 
And then I was left here all by myself to move forward in life. And then I started hiking in the Albuquerque Mountains and started volunteering for the Bureau of Land Management and did that for three years. And then I met my new husband, Grant, and we started watching Bob Wells and Jamie on YouTube. And then we went and bought a 350 Ford uh, 1996 350 Ford van, and we gutted it and started building it out. And for the last three years, we've been coming to Jamie's and Bob's gatherings and meeting all kinds of wonderful people. Um, and there's so many different kinds of people. And this is in... Uh, yeah, right now we're in Quartzsite, Arizona. How many people do you think were here? Uh, the first time we came, let's see, the first time we went to Jamie's van built, there were like 25 people. And then last year there was like, I think they said eight or 900. And this year I'm thinking they're thinking like 8,000. And they did do an article on Bob in the um, New York Times. And I think that's kind of exploded it. But the reason we keep coming back is because it's people helping people. Everybody here wants to do something for somebody else. They want to help them in some way. And we have the free tent where if you have extra stuff that you don't need or things you found you don't need anymore, you bring them the free tent and everybody gets them. When you come to the van build, people put your solar in, they'll put in toilets, they'll put in beds, cabinetry, um, anything that you need done, they do it. And there's no cost. You have to pay for the supplies, but there's no cost. It's just people volunteering their time. And if you had a problem, all you'd have to do is walk to your neighbor in the van next to you and say, I have a problem, can you help me? And they will. I find this interesting, and the reason I told you that I'm here is because uh, I think, uh, you know, there's an older generation of Americans, and many of them are, are really challenged. We've got so many people that are uh, financially uh, challenged. Yes. Uh, which, uh, there seems to be a new uh, thing. Not, not everybody is doing this as an option. Some people... Are no, some people, this is their life. They have no choice that are here, but we help them. We give them whatever it is that they need. Rarely do we, I mean, the YouTubers, of course, get money through YouTube, but everybody else around here basically volunteers and gives freely, and it's wonderful because you have you have the, the people that have no choice but to be here. That's all they have is their car, so they're living in it. And then you have the young people that have found that they tried to follow in their parents' footsteps, and it's just the mundane world of you go to work, you come home, you fix dinner, you watch TV, you go to bed, you get up, you go to work. There's no fun in life. So they're breaking away because they're in the techn technical world. So they can work outside of their vans wherever they work as long as there's Internet. So they're out here enjoying their life, hiking, kayaking, you know, whatever they want to do, and still working and making a living in the fields they know, doing websites, whatever, YouTube. And then you have the, the women that, due to whatever circumstances, whether a wi widow or a divorcee or whatever, they can't live on their Social Security or what little amount of money they've been given by the courts. So they're out here because it's the only way they can live. And they're not alone because Bob set up the caravans. So if you come out and you don't know what you're doing, you join one of the caravans. There's a caravan leader, and they help you. 
so that you learn how to travel from place to place, where you can camp, where you can stay 14 days, you know, when you have to leave, how far you have to go. They teach you all of this because if you just came out here, you wouldn't know any of this. Like, this is BLM. We can stay here free for 14 days. But in 14 days, we have to go 25 miles away. And you can stay there 14 days. And so the people that are out here regularly, that this is their everyday life, they're traveling this little circle to beat the weather, the cold, to stay in the heat all the time because it's miserable being in a van when it's really cold for a long period. 14 days of freezing is difficult. So they just kind of follow the sun. And then you've got the snowbirds that are just retired and living a good life traveling to stay out of the snow. So um, you're kind of going into a, a retirement phase now or, uh, or, yes. or a, perhaps a different phase of your life. We're going in a totally different phase. We, we've had the big house. Um, we're not totally ready to get rid of that. We're downsizing. In the last three years we've been doing this, we are downsizing, trying to get rid of all the possessions, which is ridiculous, because you have all the the pass down, all the, you know, if this is great grandma's, and it finally ended up with you, and you try to pass it on to my children, and they don't want it. So now I'm like, okay, you don't want it, so now i got to figure out how to get rid of it before we can do this. So we did this as an adventure van, and I did a lot of traveling overseas, and I never saw America. I wanted to learn about America. So in the three years we've done, we've only got 23 states left. And that's how much we've traveled. And we did the one large tour where we left New Mexico, traveled through Texas, up through Maine, up through Canada, came back down through Wyoming. I mean, we, we lived for three months just in our van. And it was absolutely awesome. And that's kind of what hooked us. When we did the long trip, we realized, oh, my God, this is so much funner than sitting at home. That's great. Tell me, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, we're going to change different America, certainly a change in America. Probably depends on your, uh, maybe your age and a lot of different things. But uh, And we're a very divided America. We're, we, we, there's, we have this us and them kind of mentality. Yeah. And it seems to be getting worse, not getting better. Yeah. yeah. What do you have any thoughts about that? Or is that affecting you? Or do you, do you care? Or do you care about it for your kids or grandkids? Well, I care about it for my kids and my grandkids. I have two children and eight grandkids. And at first they thought we were insane doing this van thing. And now they're realizing how much fun we're having. And they're actually a little envious, although they're not real thrilled when we drive up in front of their homes with our big white van. And we'd rather stay in the van than stay in the house with them. So, But the grandkids love it, and they want to, come on, Grandma, let's go hiking. You know, go, go and see more. So that's good. Um, as far as the economics... I think the world's just really messed up right now, and I think everybody's just so angry. And when you're around people like these, where everybody's helping everybody, your anger goes away. And that's another thing why so many people are, this is building so big and so so fast. Because one, you're on your own terms, you're doing your own thing. Nobody's telling you what to do, where to go. Nobody's telling you that you have to do this, you have to do that. Um, everybody out here eventually figures out the flow of income. It doesn't matter which road you take, but everybody eventually figures it out, whatever works for you. Yeah. You touched on something that uh, I've had several several people say, and I've actually had some 
we're angry. Very. We we're very angry. The world's angry. As the world's angry. You uh, as a society, we're angry. Well, the whole world's angry, not just yeah. the U.S. Yeah. The U.S. Yeah. has gone into areas that I don't think they ever thought they would go into. We're afraid. We, and now they're fear, afraid. Fear. And America's never feared. We were safe. What are we afraid of? All the anger, I think. There's just so much anger. You don't know. I mean, you can walk down the street and you can smile at somebody and they're going to go crazy. And you're like, what the heck? You know, so and everyone's afraid that what they've worked because most of America is the middle class and they've worked so hard and all that's happening is they're taking. Everybody's taking something, whatever it is, everybody wants whatever it is. And Social Security's almost gone. I mean, other funds, that, you know, they're depleting, and they're taking from this fund to do this thing, to do this thing. We've got no say in it. It's just happening. And what do we... They stopped the government. What, you know? How long can you stop the government? I don't care who's in office or who's anything, but how long can you just do that? Do you know how many people rely on their pensions? They've worked their whole life for them. Now, the new generation don't have pensions. They have to build their 401ks. But those are going to start getting hit. If the market starts doing crazy things, everybody's going to lose. They're afraid. They're angry. And it doesn't matter what political anything you are. It's just happening. And nobody sees an end. And nobody sees a way to stop it. And America is vulnerable now. So its people are vulnerable. That's just my opinion. Don't know that it's right, wrong, or indifferent, well, but no, that's but my it's, opinion. But your, but your thoughts, on, and that's exactly... Uh, and I think well, that's why people about, are out here. You know, one of the things that... Uh, you know, we don't talk to each other anymore. We don't have conversations. We no, but people out here do. Because there's nothing else to do. I mean, you get up in the morning, you eat, you walk, you take a bike ride, you take a hike, you go back to your trailer. Nothing to be afraid of here. Nothing to be afraid of. People are so worried, oh, you're going to get robbed or whatever's going to happen. No, nothing's going to happen to you out here. Because if anything happens to you, all you have to do is ask for help. Because even if you're not at this big gathering and you're just around, every place we ever pull in to camp, there are at least two or three other campers of some sort, whether they're van, you know, RVs, whatever. There's somebody in tents. There's somebody else camping because the places are limited. And the more you get to the east, it's even more limited. But somebody out here, if you have a problem, they'll come to your rescue. In the big cities, you don't even know your neighbor. You don't even know the person living in the apartment next door to you. Are you optimistic about uh, the future? Oh, I'm very optimistic about our future, but then that's because we've already, we've done everything we're supposed to do. You know, the good old-fashioned rules. You gotta, you know, get born, go to school, you know, get a job, get married, get another job, raise kids, have grandkids. Okay, I've done it. I was successful. I had three businesses. I was successful. What's next? Fun. 
this is the way to have fun. If you fly, it costs money. And if you fly from point A to point B, you can only see part of point B. But if you do the, the van life, or even if you just travel in your vehicle, you're going all across America, you're seeing every little thing. When we drive, every little town we come to, we go in, we drive around, we see if they have a little museum, or if they have town hall, or anything like that, and then we go to the next one. And so we're seeing America, and we're running into so many people. And my phone is full of people that I've met on the road. Well, isn't that what this new world has gotten into, networking? Networking. Because when I first started in the uh, beauty business and opened my first business, everybody was keeping everything. You didn't share what you did. And then we started having conferences or seminars, and people started sharing things. And they started networking, and everybody started doing better. So the world's kind of gone to networking. But they're also networking some anger. They need to go back to the good stuff. But anyway, that's all I know. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's it for uh, this episode of uh, Dialogue from an American Mosaic. Again, uh, please subscribe if you would and tell your friends. And also, I want to encourage you to uh, go back into the podcast series. And there's a lot of excellent episodes, uh, even starting with uh, episode number one. All conversations from uh, different people around the country just uh, talking about their lives and what they're doing.